Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. The first time that I hiked the Camino de Santiago, a pilgrimage through Spain, I had no idea what to expect. I had everything I needed for my two-week journey in my backpack. I had an app on my phone with a map and a guidebook. And there I was, in my starting place, a plaza and a little town called Oviedo, looking all over the ground for these little seashell symbols that would be my guide on the trail for the next 199 miles. My goal was the cathedral in Santiago, which marks the spot where the bones of St. James were miraculously discovered in the ninth century. Now, there are people from all over the world walking this trail for all kinds of reasons. And honestly, very few of them were walking because they felt some sort of devotion to St. James or some burning desire to see his bones. I personally was a bit skeptical that they were actually the bones of St. James. 800 years is a long time for bones to be hidden and then found and then verified as the bones of a particular saint. In that sense, I was not one of the faithful on the trail. But that pilgrimage was, for me, a journey of faith walking a trail that hundreds of thousands of Christians have walked for centuries is a powerful reminder that we as Christians are not marked primarily by our birthplace, our native tongue, or our passport. We are part of a kingdom that far surpasses anything in this world. And being on a journey freed from the normal constraints of everyday life and in a place where nothing was familiar, was dislocating. But the dislocation reminded me that my real home is not connected to this world. Something about being on that pilgrimage in a strange land with strangers who shared my faith reminded me that there is more to our faith and to ourselves and to our church than we experience here in New York City in, on, a day, on an average Sunday. And Jacob and all the pilgrims who are with him in Germany right now are experiencing something similar, as did those of you who walked the Camino with me in 2018, and everyone who's gone to Jerusalem and to other places of pilgrimage that Christians have visited through the centuries. Our passage from Hebrews today tells us of another journey, which was also a pilgrimage of sorts, but one with a one-way ticket. God called Abraham out of his homeland Ur and told him to go to a promised land, Canaan, a land that one day his descendants would inherit. And this startling journey is documented in the book of Genesis. Abraham left everything he knew to go to this strange and foreign land where he would be an outsider, a wanderer, a Bedouin living in tents with no place to call home. 
Abraham had faith in God and in God's promises that somehow this strange journey would be worth it. That if he trusted, that he would have descendants as numerous as the sand on the seashore and his descendants would call home that very place where he was an outsider. And we know that this journey of his was no cakewalk. He would have to wait decades to have a son by his wife, Sarah. And then he would be asked to offer that son back to God in a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. He trusted that God had something in mind besides Isaac's death. But until he saw the ram in the thicket and sacrificed that instead, it was all based on faith. But through it all, even in the moments where he completely screwed up, like that moment where he had a baby with his servant Hagar instead of waiting for to have one with his wife Sarah, he still had faith in God's promises that there was a future waiting for him that was better than what he had then. And we know that Abraham is not the only one who waited in a foreign and strange land to see God's promises fulfilled. Others also believed that this world, that these circumstances are not all that there is and that God's promises were waiting for them somewhere else. And that resulted in lives marked by suffering. Abel, in faith, offered the firstborn of his flock to God, and then his brother killed him. Noah, in faith, built the ark to withstand a flood that he couldn't see coming. And then he survived while watching everything and everyone he knew besides his immediate family be destroyed. Moses left Egypt and the household of Pharaoh to lead his people to that promised land. And he ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years and dying before the Israelites ever entered Canaan. Still, each one believed that God is good and that his promises are worth trusting. They acted in faith, doing things which seemed crazy at the time, in hope of a heavenly home, one with solid foundations instead of flimsy tents. They saw themselves as strangers and foreigners in this world, knowing that this world did not define who they were or what was important. And in faith, they believed in a place and a future that they could not see and could only hope in. And each of us walks a similar journey now, regardless of whether or not we ever go on one of Cal St. G's pilgrimages. God promises us that our citizenship is in heaven and that we live as strangers and foreigners in this world waiting for our permanent home, one that will come as promised in the future, whether that is at our death or at Christ's second coming. It is good that our citizenship is in heaven and not here. This world is marred by sin and death, and we do not want to feel at home in a place like this.
It is a world where we suffer because of our own sin, because of the sins of others, and because of systemic injustice. It is a good thing that we were never meant to be here permanently. It is a good thing that God has promised us another better place that we look towards in faith. But one could say that I'm being a little romantic here. Life is hard, so just wait for heaven. And that would be a fair challenge because this idea has been used in ways that are harmful in the past. It has been used to discourage people who are suffering from looking for ways to end their suffering. Why worry about being enslaved if your citizenship is in heaven? Why protest oppression if you are supposed to be waiting for God's promises in the next life? And if a master tells an enslaved person that it'll get better in heaven, or a wealthy US citizen tells a hungry, undocumented, unemployed person to wait on God's future promises, then this call to faith in a world unseen is straight up offensive. But that's not who's speaking here because there's actually another pilgrim, one we haven't mentioned yet, but one who came to a world that did not receive him or believe in him, even though he was its creator. Jesus Christ should have fit in here since he made us. He should have been received as a king since we were his people. But instead, he journeyed as an outsider, someone who did not claim the benefits that went along with being God, someone who experienced the isolation and suffering that this world shells out in good measure. And so when he tells us to hope for heaven, that he's gone to prepare a place for us and will come back and get us, he does not speak from a position of privilege. He speaks from a position of someone who has experienced suffering, who voluntarily died for us to end that suffering. And what's more, his suffering and death and resurrection are the very thing that secures for us the promises of God. And if Jesus was willing to suffer and die so that we could eventually see the promises of God, then we know that passivity in the face of suffering and injustice is not what Jesus calls us to. He sacrificed his life to end the suffering and injustice in this world. And he calls us alongside him in that fight against suffering and injustice. But we also know that we are not gonna see an end to that fight until he returns to make this world new. And so while we resist suffering and injustice in this world, we also look for the permanent end of suffering that Jesus will give us when he returns.
As the theologian Thomas Long puts it, quote, we have a God who keeps promises, a God who sent another pilgrim, the heavenly son, whose journey of faith led him into the valley of human suffering, into the place where Abraham and all who share his hope were perishing before coming to the end of the road. This pioneer, made perfect through suffering, gathered up Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Jacob, and all who trust him, and takes them home to the distant city, saying to God, here am I and all the children that you gave me. In Jesus, the journey is completed, end quote. Jesus has gone before us and walked our journey already. This pilgrim's life is hard and will be hard. But Jesus' death and resurrection have already made things new and continue to make things new. That is where our hope lies. We do not serve a God who watches us suffer from a distance, waiting to bestow promises on us in the future. We serve a God who walked among us, suffered as we do, and through his suffering has forgiven our sin and given us hope that he will fully end our suffering one day. And so, as we are about to say in the creed, we look for the life of the world to come. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.